Here is what you missed this morning on the Catholic Morning Show. Let's go to our next guest, Father P.J. McManus, Southside of Des Moines. Hello, Father P.J. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning to you. We've got three questions that have come in. We will start with number one for our Ask Father P.J. segment. Uh, it comes from a friend. According to Scripture, if Jesus is fully God, how does he not know when the end of the world is going to be? Right, so this is referring uh, to three parallel passages in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where, uh, where Jesus says, but on that day or the hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven or the Son, but the Father only. And so it's really the only place where he seems to make a distinction between himself and the Father on the level of knowledge. And this has caused, like, this is a good question, because lots of other people have had this question probably from the moment that it happened. Right? Right. Um, uh, the, the, the way the Catechism answers the question is like this. It says, by its union to the divine wisdom in the person of the Word incarnate, Christ enjoyed in his human knowledge the fullness of understanding of the eternal plans that he had come to reveal. What he admitted to not knowing in this area, he elsewhere declared himself not sensed to reveal. And there are, again, three parallel passages in the Synoptic Gospels where Jesus says, this is not what I've come for, right? So, mm-hmm. so I, I think the way, like, the, the easy way to wrap our minds around this is something like, something like this. So, uh, as God, Christ's knowledge is wholly perfect. But in choosing to incarnate, um, he, he deliberately limits himself, right? So on a physical level, as God, Jesus is present always and everywhere. Otherwise, whatever's there would stop being, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, as an incarnate being, Christ limits himself. There is a certain way in which, in the flesh, Jesus is either in this room or in that room, but not both at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Well, he, he chooses similarly to circumscribe, limit, or kind of focus his knowledge so that, um, you, you know, Jesus also had to learn to acquire language in a way, uh, in a way that, like, like humans do, right? So you had to learn to speak just like you and I did and your kids. Well, he, so, so there's, there's, there's some sort of mechanism, like, you know, you're, it's hard enough to know what goes on inside our own heads, let alone somebody else's, let alone God the words, right? But um, uh, he, he chooses to limit himself to sort of access knowledge or not access knowledge to experience um, the, sort of human life in its fullness. And so, so strictly speaking, does Jesus know? Yes, absolutely. As God, he absolutely knows. But his human experience, his experience as a human on earth, incarnate when he's here is is a qualitatively distinct period sort of in the life of god really difficult okay. answer for a seven fifteen morning you knocked it out of the park on that one father wow all right <laughs> i got a workout in before this and i feel like i just got another one okay <laughs> father pj i just lost you here here we go is the devil a real being this listener asks or is he some representation of evil in the world it's an interesting so, one. So, uh, so not or, <laughs> mm. right? So, um, it, it is certainly true that uh, that we'll speak of uh, both angels and devils in sort of metaphorical ways. So, we'll talk about you know the angels of a person's better nature. Well, when we do that, we're not talking about uh, uh, 
a, a rational entity without a without a body or something like that, right? We're, we're, we're speaking sort of metaphorically. And so when we talk about wrestling with demons or struggling with inner demons, maybe especially when we're dealing with addictions or something like that, we, we, we can use that sort of language metaphorically. But it is absolutely the case, both through the Gospels and the whole history of the Church, that Jesus and the people who follow him clearly think that there are real supernatural forces that are bad that cause problems with people. Um, it, it is certainly possible that some of the healing or deliverance uh, exorcistic passages in the Gospels um, may represent uh, epilepsy or something, but like epileptics don't talk to God the Son the way that they do in the Gospels, mm. right? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Oh, like that's not a disease. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and 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 those same kinds of conversations still happen all the time. Priests priests know what this is like. You get called in to bless a house. You think you're just you're setting aside a, a, a dwelling for good Christian folk, and turns out there's spooky spooky in there, right? And so. So, so the, the the devil is absolutely uh, a real being. Um, angels and demons are real. They uh, exert real power in the world and 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 really do uh, affect the lives of the sons of men. Um, but they're um, the, the the danger in granting the existence of the devil is then to start seeing the devil everywhere in the way that we're meant to see God everywhere, mm. um, and to attribute everything that bad, everything bad that happens or everything bad that I do immediately to diabolical influence. Um, I don't know about you, I'm perfectly capable of messing my life up all on my own. Um, <laughs> but, uh, b- but I also, uh, as a priest, have to deal with this stuff in real life, and mm. as far as I can tell, it's all real. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Jesus couldn't be any more clear about it either, right? I saw Satan fall like lightning. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about just kind of an abstract evil here. Um, Okay, number three. Boy, this is an intense one here. Okay, I have a friend going through a divorce, but I don't think this is a good thing for them. How do I walk with her and support her even though I don't agree with this decision? So this is a really excellent question, Um, and uh, both sort of, by content and also the way that the, the, the listeners framed it. And here's the reason I would say that. Um, so, of course, she doesn't say what her objection to the friend getting divorced is. Right. So it's very difficult to counsel around the particular unless you know what the, like, what the stuff is that's going sure. on, right? Sure. But, um, but, but what, I, what I like about the question is it, th- th- there's really two questions embedded here. One is the question of divorce. And you know, whether it's permissible or not, and if if you're in a case where it's not permissible, how do you still be with the person? And then the second kind of higher level question is something like, how do I how do I continue to walk with somebody you know synodally um, uh, when um, when we disagree about something real serious, yeah. right? So as to the first, this I think is very very important. Um, the Catechism makes very very clear that. Separation of spouses while maintaining a marriage can be legitimate in certain cases, and canon law lays out what those cases are. goes on to say that if civil divorce remains the only possible way of ensuring certain legal rights, the care of children or the protection of inheritance, it can be tolerated and does not itself constitute a moral offense. So, 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 so the, the, the church kind of starts with the exception here, right? It says, 
it is possible to divorce without sin. Mm -hmm. But then it goes on to say, divorce is a grave offense against the natural law. So so it it can sound like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth here, but what what the Church is trying to protect and what Jesus seems to be doing in his own conversations about divorce, right, is this is not an... uh, Permanent, exclusive, faithful marriage is not an unattainable ideal. Yeah. It is an ideal, but it is one that can absolutely can be attained. And so we can't sort of let ourselves off the hook by saying this is too hard, um, let's, let's start over kind of thing, right? Um, at the same time, um, by long experience, the Church knows, and most of us know ourselves and our family and friends, it's like, it's possible for marriages to become dangerous for people, it's possible, um, it's possible for one partner to do their level best to try and keep the marriage together and the other one just to take off. Well, the receiving partner is clearly not guilty of a sin there, right? Mm-hmm. And so, 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 the, the, so the church is clear that the divorce itself is not the sin, but it's a surefire symptom that a sin happens somewhere. Mm-hmm. You see the distinction there? Yeah. yeah. So, so and, and, and this is what makes answering the question the way they posed it so difficult. It's, it's like, so not being able to know the circumstances of the divorce makes it a little bit hard to say exactly how to accompany the person. Right. But, but, but what I would say is, if, like, if, if we draw on this general principle, how do I continue to walk with somebody even if I disagree with something that they're doing? Um, I think the first thing to see is, is this something that they're doing an absolute moral evil, or is it is this a prudential decision, and it could be good or it could be bad, right? Hmm. And 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 it would look like, based on what we've been given, um, that while this is tragic, no matter what the situation is, um, this is probably a prudential thing. This is the person who's in the marriage. Our our, our listener is not the one in the marriage. This person presumably has reasons for the divorce. Um, and so, so, so it's, it's not like, um, it's not like the person's asking us to walk with them, um, while they sell drugs to children, mm-hmm. which would be an always and everywhere kind of evil. Right. And so I think, you know, the, the, what I've done and what I do, I disagree with my friends all the time. Um, how do you, how do, how do you walk with them? Well, you, you just stay with them. You yeah. spend time with them. You, you, you perform, perform acts of love and charity. Um, you encourage, you support, you challenge, you cajole, you, you do all the things you would normally do and probably then some. And, of course, you fast and you pray. If they friends. don't ask you, if they don't ask you for your opinion in those situations, um, or maybe specifically in this situation, do you still give it? Um, you certainly can. Yeah. I think I think that's a prudential decision, you know, um, and, and, and 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 the nature of that decision is going to depend a great deal upon the relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. So 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 think about it this way: this this it's not going to be the same for everybody, but I think the the parallel is pretty clear. All right, so I'm a priest, and all of my friends know that I'm a priest, right? So they will like if I have a friend who's who's maybe struggling with something, they may come to me and say. Hey PJ, what do you think about this? Or they may deliberately not come to me because I'm the priest and they know what I'm going to say. Sure. And if and if I can tell that's what's going on, 
and the challenge is likely only to create difficulty and not actually move the person toward greater virtue, then I typically wait to have the conversation. Um, uh, the, uh, the recovery community has a, a helpful little, little test that I use in situations like this. Um, the, 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 the line is, um, does this need to be said? Does this need to be said by me? And does this need to be said by me right now? And if the answer to any of those is no, then you don't say whatever you're thinking of saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's only going to cause trouble. It may be it may be the case that you get to say the thing later on, or it may be the case that you recognize the person will receive this better from somebody else, and so you get another friend or family member to have the conversation. But uh, but 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 if if it doesn't need to be said and doesn't need to be said by me and doesn't need to be said by me in this moment, then then you wait. I think the Holy Father has been really just excellent in this area of, you know, this is messy. He's ca- he loves to call out kind of messes, go make a mess, you know, this whole thing. And yet you just you still stay, as you said, in the mess. Right. It can be easy just to kind of throw your hands up, leave. I disagree. We're done, you know, sort of thing. But, you know, most most things, it's just not the way life works in most instances. It does get messy. It's not easy. There's, you know, sometimes you're going to make mistakes throughout this as well. Maybe say things you shouldn't have said or maybe not say things you should have said. There's a lot of different, you know, areas here, but I think what you said, Father, is just key. You just you keep moving with them, right? You keep walking with them throughout this. I think I think a lot of where um, we, and when I say we, I mean like pious, intentional, devout Catholics can often make a mistake here. Um, is is we can operate? We can first presume too much ignorance on the part of the other. Well, don't you? Don't you know it's a mortal sin to miss mass on Sunday? Hmm. Uh, they they likely know and have just chosen not to. Now right. that's bad, but but you challenging them over it, especially in an abrasive way, is probably not going to get them back to mass on Sunday. Right. Um, and so so like you so that like this calls for a great deal of prudence. These kinds of, of questions call for a great deal of prudence. The other thing that happens is we we, we sometimes feel like it's our job to to like right every wrong in the world. Like if if I see an error, I must need to correct it. Now, uh, this one, I'm going to have to just appeal to kind of basic life experience. But like I've lived in a lot of situations. I've lived domestically in you know my own family home growing up. I was in seminary. I lived in a religious community for a long time, and now I'm living in in a small community with other priests. Um, Every person I've ever lived with has sinned against me, and I have sinned against every person I've ever lived with. I have no question about that. But if every time I messed up, the people that were living with me always corrected me and corrected <laughs> me in equal measure, no matter what the thing was, oh, I, no. I would live alone for the rest of my life. Right. Like you can't, you can't live like that, right? Right. And so, um, so I think it's really, really important to strategize. Um, uh, in in my book on marriage from several years ago, I talk about virtue coaching, and that um, and, and and that our job with our spouses and kids, especially, but also with you know close friends, or if you're in an alternative living arrangement like I am with other priests, that what our, our our real responsibility is when it comes to correction is um, is is to coach the other person to virtue. So it's not simply about knocking off the behavior that bothers me. It's about helping that person grow in in habits. They're they're going to form better character and allow them to choose God. Um, more more frequently and more consistently. Well, and what um, you're talking about, Father, when it comes to, you know, incessantly pointing out people's faults is marriage. So 
that's um, that's <laughs> something that maybe we're, we're happy that you haven't experienced um, uh, as a priest. All right, would you give us your blessing, Father? May the peace and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Father PJ, everyone. Good job, Father. Thank you. Take care, brother. Listen to the Catholic Morning Show weekday mornings at 7 on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, iowacatholicradio.com, or the Iowa Catholic Radio app.